This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right, so today we're talking about an issue that is one of the atrocities of our time, and it's something that doesn't get anywhere near enough attention. And we see this, and I, sh- I should say it doesn't get anywhere near enough attention in mainstream press, in conversation, and that is the war in Yemen, which is, I mean, we could go all day explaining the the conflict in detail and the fundamental principles behind why the U.S. is involved and how they're involved via funding and so on and so forth. But I think focusing today on really a call for, on a local level, Senator Jack Reed, who is the chairperson of the Armed Services Committee, to address this issue and basically stop funding this atrocious war. And we're joined by Mira Mehta, who has um, is part of a protest that is going to take place this afternoon. We're recording on Wednesday. This is going to be in Kennedy Plaza outside of Senator Reid's office. Um, but you know, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. And I guess just explain to everybody your you know your background. And you know, I know you're a student at at Brown, but explain if you would what um, your story is. Oh, hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm a sophomore at Brown, but I got involved in these issues um, almost six years ago now through STAND, which is the student-led movement to end mass atrocities. And we're a network of student activists who look at atrocity issues that are often overlooked by mainstream media and talk about the role that the U.S. has and try and educate people and take action against them. Pretty straightforward. This would fit the bill perfectly. And look, you know, we've seen this in my lifetime, which includes your lifetime. You know, I'm a millennial. We've seen this play out in different pockets, usually in West Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, the global South. That's where these places, uh, that's where these types of conflicts play out, which are conveniently out of mind, out of sight for much of the global north and much of of the mainstream press. So in your mind, the conflict in Yemen, the war in Yemen, where does it why does it deserve more attention from the mainstream media, from the global north, from general day-to-day conversation at this point in time? Yeah, I think in the US there are two really big reasons that we should care. I mean, you know, a lot of issues. But first is that the United States is a major player in fueling this war. It's been, it's technically a civil war, but it's been fueled by a Saudi-led coalition that the United States has backed. And we play a really big role in supporting the war and the humanitarian crisis that has been going on there, but we don't acknowledge it. And it's really important for us to think about that and take accountability um, for the role that we're playing in the war. But on just a human level, it's a massive humanitarian crisis. 80% of the population is in need of humanitarian aid. That's 23 million people, which is for context, larger than the population of Florida. So you think about the scale of disaster there. We just as people should be coming together to think about what we can do to make a difference and to stop the violence. That, st- that statistic is utterly shocking when you really think about it. 80% of the population is in need of some level of humanitarian aid. And yet, again, I keep hitting it, and I know some listeners might be like, all right, we get it, but th- this is out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. And I don't know if that's simply because humans only have a certain amount of capa- a certain capacity for evaluating and processing 
the realities of the world. I mean, whatever issue we could go into, whether it's child labor, whether whatever, you know, there's only so much that people can handle or if it's just because the machine, if you will, of the government of the United States, the governments of the global north, the mainstream, quote unquote, media, the military industrial complex, they do a very good job of keeping this minimized. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's both, you know, I can't fault anybody, given how much happens in a day in your own life, and all of the things going on within the US for not being able to keep track of everything that's happening in the world. I do also think that media attention often systematically ignores the atrocities that the U.S. has supported and specifically the violence that people in global South countries, um, non-white majority countries, Muslim majority countries are facing. And so I think it's a combination of both. But at this point, um, you know, don't want to place blame on anybody. Don't want to assume intentions. There is always time for us to change course and correct those actions and start taking accountability now. Yeah, I agree with that completely. There's always time to start to shift on anything. You know, whether it's your own personal health choices or social choices, whatever it is, there's always opportunity to reflect and sort of pivot. How far are we into this civil war that is in many ways a proxy war? Is there a chance that if action is taken and the U.S. ceases its its contributions to the Saudi backed rebels, so to speak, um, or I should say the Saudi-backed uh, operations. Is there a chance that this this crisis can be stopped and Yemen can effectively rebuild? Or are we at a point now where we're looking at even if things were, even if there was a ceasefire today, even if there was a detente today, that, we're, that this country, this nation is entirely devastated and now we're looking at a humanitarian crisis just of a magnitude that we can't even comprehend just to get this this place this region back in some level of acceptable status? Yeah, so I think that's a really good question, but maybe I think the only way to move forward is to believe that you can rebuild it. Um, You know, it's going to be definitely a long task. The war is, as of this month, entering its ninth year. And the UN has been trying to raise money for more humanitarian efforts. So it's definitely going to be a large challenge, but it's not one that can be met without ending the war first. Um, And just want to give a little bit of context on what's happening there. Just to clarify, the Saudi-led coalition is backing the internationally recognized government. Um, The rebels are the other side. Um, But really what we've seen is that both sides have committed atrocities and there are no saints here. Um, It's just not working. The war has also... There was a truce last year, so there is a possibility for conflict to end. That truce went from April to about October, um, but then the truce expired, and slowly tensions and violence have been escalating again. So I think what we're seeing is that there is an opportunity for peace to be achieved and for hostilities to end, but we have to act now. What's your message to Senator Jack Reed, whose office you're going to be protesting outside of today? He's the Armed Services Chair. What's your message to him? Yeah, we're calling on Senator Reed to support a reintroduced war powers resolution. So 
Around the Vietnam War, Congress introduced the War Powers Act to force the president to have to get congressional approval for military operations that are happening. Um, but this war in Yemen has had U.S. participation at varying extents for the past eight years without any co congressional authorization. And we're calling on Congress and Senator Reid specifically to support a bill that enforces that only Congress has the right to declare war and would then force the United States to end its military operations in Yemen. It's pretty straightforward. Have has Have we just gone off the rails? Have we gotten to a point where our engagement on a global basis is just totally out of control and you know the checks and balances of what once was a role of the congress have just gotten so it's almost like eh, whatever do you feel that way i mean that's that's what it feel we i feel like we're living in a world where you know conflict is governed extrajudicially extra governmentally it's become something outside of the realm of what was designed even in the United States Constitution or in any kind of reasonable understanding of, you know, any type of binding resolutions that currently exist on a global basis. Yeah, for the past two decades, we've been engaged in a lot of military operations in the Middle East that have... Um, I'm not going to say no congressional backing because there's a lot of creative legal work that's done there, but have very little and dubious congressional approval. And we haven't had a declaration of war since I think World War II, but we have had a lot of military operations. So we're seeing that there's clearly a disconnect there. Um, and this particular war has really had no congressional authorization. All right. My last question for you is for anybody out there who wants to get involved in this effort, they can look to the humanitarian side. They can look to the activist side. They can look to all of it. I mean, they could run for office. There's an open congressional seat. I don't know what that would necessarily do. A, a junior rep from Rhode Island isn't going to end any global conflict. But what should people that are hearing this and they're saying, man, I, I need to get involved. What's your advice to somebody that wants to engage in this process? Yeah, so first of all, if you have time today, you can come join us at 4.30 at Kennedy Plaza um, to demonstrate outside of Senator Reid's office. But it doesn't need to be that much of a time commitment. You can call his office to 202-224-3121, um, and you call to ask to be connected to Senator Reid's office. Tell him to support a war powers resolution on Yemen or to support an end to the violence in Yemen um, and just show him that you care. The reason that a lot of these international issues go under the radar and end up with so little transparency from the government is that they're really inaccessible to a lot of the American public and they think you're not noticing. So show them that you noticed and you care. Pretty straightforward again. Um, great work on this. You know, I think there's a void in addressing these types of issues nationally and it takes people stepping up, recognizing an atrocity, especially one. I mean, let's be honest about it. People are flying Ukraine flags, this, that, and the other. And look, the, 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 not to knock that. I mean, you can do whatever you'd like, but we are living in a time where right outside of our peripheral vision, just beyond like what you kind of glance at, um, there's this horrible, reality and some people would say well that's you know it's it's for a law and order on a global level type of situation but it's there's so much hypocrisy involved in a lot of these conflicts as well and our 
alliances as a as a nation are oftentimes with with nations that are completely opposed to any anything that resembles our values. So we've got to raise these issues. Um, you know, it's not about calling people out for not caring, but it's about calling attention to something so that people who do care can focus in. Absolutely. Yeah. There is time to learn more and to take action. Mira, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it very much. Awesome. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the University of Rhode Island Online, who are offering a cannabis certificate program. The legalization of recreational cannabis that went into effect last year can open doors for your career. If you are already in the industry or wondering what is the best path to break into the cannabis field, the University of Rhode Island has that program I just mentioned to help you become highly competitive in numerous areas of the cannabis industry. Fully accredited by URI's College of Pharmacy, their certificate program is 100% online and it can be completed in just two semesters. The next application deadline for the summer 2023 session is April 4th. Coming right up. Mark your calendars, right? Courses start May 9th. Learn more at uri.edu slash online slash cannabis or give them a call 401-874-5280.